welcome to Frontline Voices, a podcast by the Natural Resources Council of Maine. Every week, decisions are made across Maine that affect the future of our environments. Lawmakers in Augusta propose or debate new bills. Mainers speak up on proposals made by corporations or state agencies. Clean energy projects are launched, or communities take action to address threats to clean air or water or open spaces that they cherish. Since 1959, NRCM has been on the front lines, tracking these developments and tapping into the power of Maine people, science, and the law. NRCM does this to protect and enhance the nature of Maine. So every two weeks, we'll sit down with advocates and experts to discuss some of the most important stories you need to know about and what lies ahead. Thank you for listening as we share our view from the front lines. Hello and Happy New Year. I'm Colin Durant, NRCM's Advocacy Communications Director, and I'm here with our Advocacy Director, Pete Didesheim, to kick off 2021 with a brand new format for our podcast. But before we get started, I want to thank our former colleague and podcast host, Carly Peruccio. We can't thank Carly enough for helping to launch NRCM's podcast and for producing so many great episodes over the past two years. Carly is a gifted podcast wizard, and we're going to miss her. But, of course, the show must go on. So we're introducing a new approach and format, starting with this episode. We'll be bringing you the latest news and information you need to know about Maine's environment in a quick and accessible format. We'll post a new episode about every two weeks, so you can keep up to date with the breaking news from the legislature and other places across Maine. So without further ado, let's get started. Uh, Pete, we're going to start every episode with the same question. From your perspective, what was one of the most important developments for Maine's environment that happened over the past few weeks? Uh, well, first, Colin, I'm glad to be part of this uh, new podcast, la podcast launch. So the most exciting story that I've paid attention to over the last couple of weeks uh, appeared in the Portland Press-Herald. It was an important story that occurred on January 3rd, written by Colin Woodard, and it brings attention to the possibility of additional dam removals on the Kennebec. Uh, so the Maine has had a, a wonderful last two decades uh, in terms of river restoration, and we've removed some important dams on the Kennebec and on the Penobscot, uh, the Edwards Dam in 1999 and the Penobscot River Re Restoration Project um, involved four dams uh, and where significant changes were made. Here in the Kennebec is an opportunity to uh, restore the Kennebec, allow Atlantic salmon to reach habitat in the Sandy River, and uh, the Department of Marine Resources uh, recognizes that this is a tremendous opportunity to enable millions of sea-run fish to reach habitat that they haven't been able to get to for 150 years. And this, uh, if we can move in this direction of removing these four dams between Waterville and Skowhegan, it would be a huge success for the river, for the communities along the river, for the ground fish in the Gulf of Maine. It would help rebuild the food web. It would be extraordinary. And we're quite excited. It's, a, it's the first attention that's been brought to this uh, possibility. And uh, stay tuned because this is an important one moving forward for one of Maine's great rivers. Yeah, I'm really excited about that. I remember when we were getting ready for the anniversary of the Edwards Dam removal and um, we were doing some film shooting and, and just saw the vast numbers of bald, bald eagles that have returned 
um, to the area because of the uh, removal of the dams on the lower Kennebec. So th it's just a really exciting project. Yeah, that... it's bald eagles, it's leaping sturgeons, it's millions of alewives. Uh, but the um, but the progress, you know, it's the fish are hitting walls. There's four. Yeah. There's a gauntlet gauntlet of concrete between Waterville and Skowhegan with four dams that block upstream passage. So if those could be removed, it would be a huge success for the state. Super exciting. Well, I think I think um, it, what it really makes sense to focus most of our time on is the main legislature, which just kicked off and where thousands of bills have been filed by lawmakers. Uh, but because of the necessary precautions due to the coronavirus pandemic, there's still a lot unknown about how the committee hearings, voting and other activities are going to look like. Can you give us a breakdown from your perspective of, of what this new legislative session is going to look like? Well, I think we're all just still trying to figure it out, including the lawmakers. So normally this would be a really exciting time at the state house. There would be new legislators, there'd be kids, there'd be families, there would be lawmakers, lobbyists, visitors, there'd be a lot of buzz. And normally this is when new legislators would be meeting their colleagues at the state house. They'd be finding their desk, finding where the bathrooms are, finding where they would have lunch, learning the ropes, uh, learning the basics of how a, a bill becomes law, uh, meeting their uh, committee uh, mates in the various committees they're assigned to. Uh, this is not a normal legislative session um, and we're still trying to figure out and the lawmakers are trying to figure out how they're gonna do their business. But let me just focus on, on the lawmakers who have been elected because in, in our work, we interact with um, lawmakers, Republican, Democrat, independent, we build relationships, we get to know them, we really respect and honor uh, the work that they are doing uh, for the people of Maine. And we seek to find common interest with, with all legislators at the State House. And our, and our goal is to advance not a partisan agenda, but a bipartisan agenda that helps protect Maine's environment. This legislative session, we have 46 brand new lawmakers who've never served before. That's a high number. It's a third of, of the uh, um, House representatives. We got the highest number of women lawmakers ever, 85 uh, in total, which is 45% of the total um, House and Senate. Uh, our House Speaker, Ryan Fecto, at 28 years old, is the youngest Maine speaker in nearly 180 years. He's the youngest speaker of a house in the nation right now. He's also the first openly gay Maine speaker. Also in leadership in the House of Representatives in Maine, Rachel Talbot Ross is assistant majority leader, is the first black person ever elected in the state of Maine to legislative leadership. And more than 100 lawmakers were elected this year out of 186 who were endorsed by Maine conservation voters for their strong position on the environment. That's 55% of of the legislature uh, has a strong environmental report card, including Democrats, Republicans, independents. So we got a really interesting and, and, and we think pro-conservation group of lawmakers, um, but this is not a normal session. Uh, the legislature's only met once on uh, December 2nd uh, for a swearing in ceremony at the Augusta State, at the Augusta Civic Center. Uh, the state house is closed we believe that the legislature will, uh, will meet once or twice as a whole per month in the next few months. And all the work is really gonna be done at the committee level. And those committees are starting to figure out how they're gonna hold their meetings through Zoom. And really starting next week, committees are gonna start holding 
initial informational meetings. And then before the end of the month, they will start holding public hearings. And we hope that'll be an opportunity for Maine people to testify. Yeah, suffice to say, it's going to be a, for people like you that have worked in the legislature for a long time, it's going to be a session unlike any other. I think one thing I just wanted to mention too is as NRCM and our advocates are navigating this new way of lawmaking during the pandemic, one of the things that we're really committed to is getting um, information and tools and resources to our members and supporters about how to navigate this and how the committee hearings will work so they can really make their voice heard. Um, but let's just shift to those bills. I, it's astounding, more than 1600 bills um, were filed by lawmakers. And I know that you've taken a lot, uh, you've taken a look at this full list of bill titles, you've, you've dived into it. And so what's, what's jumped out at you about these bills um, and what lies ahead? What, what, what lies ahead? Uh, yeah, it is a lot of bills <clears throat> and it's always the case. So the way the main legislative process works lawmakers need to introduce bill titles by a certain deadline. This year it was December 18th. And they, if they have any bill idea or if uh, one of their constituents has brought a bill idea to them, they need to get a bill title and a brief description of that bill introduced by that date. It's called closure. If they want the bill considered over the next two year uh, legislative session, legislative process. So this year and next year. So lots of lawmakers throw a lot of bill titles in. Um, we thought there would be a big drop in the number of bills this year because of the, of the COVID pandemic. Um, there's about a 20% reduction. Uh, two years ago, it was about 2,000 bills. This year, as you mentioned, it's more like 1,600, close to 1,700. Still a lot of bills. And these are mostly bill titles. We've seen the list. I've gone through the entire list of of uh, 1,689 bills. And I have pulled out about 280 of those bill titles that potentially are of interest to NRCM and other conservation and environmental organizations. Um, 120 of those bill titles deal with climate and clean energy issues. Uh, that's not that surprising because the governor's climate action plan, the new Maine climate action plan was just released. And there's a lot of excitement to advance efforts to address our dependence on fossil fuels to reduce our release of greenhouse gas emissions and to accelerate the, the transition to a clean energy economy in transportation and in heating and in businesses. As I've closely looked at the list of, of bills and some of them are starting to get printed. So the first 120 bills have now been printed. That's when we really start to get a sense of what the legislative sponsor has in mind when we actually see the bill and and each week there'll be hundreds of additional bills that will be printed and released through the legislative website. So the first ones have started to become printed, but as I've closely looked at the bills, there's some really significant ones to promote heat pumps, to promote battery storage, electric vehicle charging stations, bike paths, uh, to reduce high polluting chemicals that uh, are warming our atmosphere, to address packaging waste through uh, extended producer responsibility. There's bond proposals for weatherization initiatives for, for seniors and municipalities. There's bond proposals for the Land for Maine's Future Program, the state's most important land conservation program. Also for broadband and to protect coastal infrastructure from sea level rise. A lot of really positive bills that we'll be focusing on 
but it's not all positive. There uh, are a few bills that have been introduced that would terminate Maine's ban on single-use plastic bags. It was just adopted last year. It's an important initiative to reduce plastic pollution. Uh, we'll be opposing those bills. There's a bill to uh, prohibit all offshore wind power development. We think that's misguided. Uh, there's legislation that would terminate the net metering program for solar energy. So we focus both on the positive bills and we work hard to defeat ones that would be uh, setbacks. So we're just starting to get a, a real sense of, of, of what these bills are. We spent a lot of time in the next few weeks reaching out in this case by phone and Zoom to the sponsors of these bills to learn what their intentions are. And then we we're building coalitions with um, lots of different organizations and businesses and individuals uh, to, to create the support we need to pass new bills into law that will help protect Maine's environment and address the climate and clean energy issues that are so important to us right now. That, that's amazing. And I think one of the things that's really, you know, I've been at NRCM for a couple of years now that's really stood out to me is that's just the depth at which you and the team dig into these bills and track them and keep people updated and you know, whether it's working to pass them or, or oppose something that's a, a bad bill. Um, I just do want to note that, um, you know, the team updates a legislative bill tracking web page on our, on our website that they put a lot of work into, and that's a great one-stop shopping place for our members and supporters. So that's under the programs menu under State House, and we'll be, we'll be soon launching that and keeping it updated throughout this session. Um, for how folks can get involved. So uh, we're running out of time, but I did want to obviously touch on the seismic changes that are happening for environmental policy at the federal level, or that hopefully are about to happen. Um, the incoming Biden administration uh, will celebrate its, its inauguration on January 20th. That's going to usher in an era, era uh, that really respects science and is serious about bold climate action. What, what's exciting you most about um, the incoming Biden administration and what you're seeing from the appointments and some of the stuff that they've been talking about? Well, first and foremost, we'll see an end to the widespread relentless rollbacks of the landmark environmental laws that protect our water, our air, our land, our climate. And we have spent a lot of time over the last four years working with our congressional delegation to try to blunt or stop those rollbacks and it's and with the Biden administration that will come to a halt and we'll be starting to move forward again as you mentioned through science-based policymaking. Um, we're particularly excited about the Biden administration pursuing a ambitious initiative on clean energy and climate action through infrastructure investments, through any stimulus package that moves forward and and with new climate legislation. Uh, and we look forward to working with each of the members of Maine's congressional delegation to pass laws and appropriations bills at the national level that'll be good for Maine. Maine gets a lot of funding for our clean water work. A lot of money that goes to the DEP, the Department of Environmental Protection, comes from the EPA. Over the last four years, the US EPA has been under assault, the budget's been attacked, and our delegation has been pretty good at helping protect funding. But we've got some real issues uh, here in Maine that need attention, and we're looking for the partnership that we need to, and I think every state in the country is looking for this, that helps bring clean energy, addresses climate, helps conserve land, 
and protect our water quality so that we have the sort of environment that we want to pass on to future generations. Yeah, the, the Biden-Harris climate team, the nominees are just outstanding and it's really exciting. Um, well, thanks so much for these updates, Pete. Um, I do want to say, you know, obviously the attack on the U.S. Capitol by a violent mob last week was was just is deeply disturbing, dis disquieting uh, to all of us. Um, but as we've sort of touched on, uh, it appears there there are plenty of reasons to be optimistic about the prospects for our environment, both at the state and federal levels. So as we start the podcast with a, a common question, we want to end this new podcast format with the same question every episode. So, um, you know, from your perspective, what's coming up in the next two weeks that you're really keenly focused on and paying attention to? Well, uh, this Friday, we expect to hear from the courts about a request for an injunction to stop the CMP corridor, which we think is a, uh, a mistaken project uh, to stop it from uh, moving into the construction phase uh, until our appeals of the permit have been um, completed. Uh, in today's paper, we just saw that CMP is eager to start cutting down the woods of that 40, uh, that 53 mile corridor. So that's important. Uh, we hope the court rules in our favor. Of course, the peaceful transfer of power um, next week on the 20th is important to us. Committee meetings are just getting underway. So we'll start to see how they operate via Zoom. Um, briefings are beginning at the state house, not the state house, because nobody's at the state house, but four committees on the Climate Action Plan. The Appropriations Committee will be getting a, a briefing this week. The Environment and Natural Resources Committee will be getting a, a briefing soon. At the end of next week, the Environmental Priorities Coalition on the 22nd will be announcing our common agenda of priorities. And this is more than 30 environmental or, and conservation organizations uh, that select a, a group of, of priority bills to work on. And that'll be on the 22nd at noon uh, through a Zoom program. And we also expect the governor to be announcing her bond proposals next week. We hope that those include um, efforts on land conservation, on state park funding, and on other ways to address the climate uh, impact. So a lot of things happen every week at the state house, not at the state house, through the legislative process. It's going to take me a while to adjust to the fact that we're all um, dispersed and working remotely, but in some fashion, we're going to keep um, Moving the, moving the ball forward for the environment. And we look forward to working with all our members and supporters and colleagues and lawmakers, both new and old in this process moving forward. Excellent, thanks so much for sharing that perspective. Well, it's gonna be exciting, certainly exciting to see how it all develops. Uh, and uh, until we speak to you next time, um, thanks for listening. Pleasure to do it. Thanks, Colin. Thank you for listening to Maine Environment Frontline Voices. If you enjoyed this episode, you can subscribe to our podcast or leave a review on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and other podcast listening apps. To learn more about NRCM, please visit nrcm.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at NRCM Environment. Until next time. Thanks for your interest, attention, and involvement in the collective efforts by Maine people to protect the unique woods, waters, and wildlife of our state. Thanks again.